Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And welcome to another episode of the Latino Business Report. Today's episode is going to be one I'm excited about, and it's going to be very educational for a lot of you business folks out there who are looking for a better way to market and brand your company, and that's using a wire service. Today we have uh, the president and CEO of Latinx Newswire, Bill Gato, and we also have the co-owner of Latinx Newswire, Entrepreneur, businesswoman, media influencer, lady about town, has all the world at her feet, Angela Susato Reese. Angela, how are you doing today? Doing well. That was quite an introduction. Thank you. You like that that introduction? That was wonderful. Thank you. Anything I left out, I tried to be inclusive. A proud native Texan. Proud native Texan. Okay. And Angela's uh, actually, you and Bill are sitting in um, Florida right now. I was born and raised here. You know, I'm I'm about as Miami as they come. <laughs> okay, well, you know, since you're with yeah. since you're with Angela, we'll go ahead and let you stay on the show there, Bill. <laughs> Can I be Texan too? <laughs> yes. Uh, put in your application. Okay. Um, all right, we're here. We're going to talk about this um, company you guys started not too long ago, Latinx Newswire. Bill, can you tell us a little bit about that? What is it? Uh, what exactly is a, a, a wire service, a press release distribution service, okay? First, let me talk about what a press release is. It's, it's one of the tools in the toolkit of a PR person. What is PR? I always like to say that marketing has two branches. One is advertising and one is public relations. Most small businesses, like the members of Tamak, they probably think of advertising when they think of marketing. We got to do marketing. Okay, let's buy ads in the local paper for a column inch. Let's buy a 30-second radio spot. Let's buy a 30-second TV spot or a 15-second TV spot, right? They're thinking of something that they got to pay for to, to get you know the, the exposure in that local media, TV station, radio station. But there's another avenue to get publicity and exposure, and it's called public relations. And so the idea there is to try to get free publicity by going not to the sales department to buy an ad, but going through the editorial department to try to get them to write about you. And if you're doing something interesting, or at least you're making noise about what you're doing in your local community, um, you you know you may take uh, you may you may garner the interest of a local TV editor, local TV producer, somebody who says this this company is interesting. They're innovative. They're doing something interesting. Let's write about them. Let's invite them on the show, like you're doing right now with us on this podcast. Let's invite them to talk about what they're doing. And so now you got in through the, you know, and sometimes you get a ten minute, uh, ten minute interview on a TV station or a radio station. And, you know, that would have cost you thousands of dollars if you had gone in through the paid side, but now you got in through the editorial side. So now a, a PR person, you know, does a lot of things. They create a PR plan, a strategy for you. Um, they pitch the media, meaning that they call up reporters and TV producers to try to get an interview for their client, for you on the, on that TV show. Right. But one of the tools that they use is that they write a press release. It's this article that it's journalistically written. Right. A lot of great PR people were former journalists. Right. They know how to tell a story in in a a journalistic way, um, in an interesting way. Right. 
And so they, they write a press release and then they send it to the media, right? What we do uh, at Latinx Newswire, we scale it. We make it easy for you to get it into thousands of journalists in one shot at a national level. Most PR people have their own uh, list of journalists that they know personally that they've pitched before, right? But that might be 100 journalists, 150, right? But if they have a national story, it's, it's hard to have that many journalists in your database. So they'll use a wire service like ours to scale that and send it out in one shot to all journalists, TV producers, radio producers, influencers. And, okay. uh, you know, so that's, it's, it's a, it's one of the, one of the tools that PR people use to get, make you famous, basically, and get you get to work out. out there. Yeah. Okay. Angela, you're a PR practitioner. Do you, do you find this as a valuable service and do you use a, a wire service? Of course, uh, most companies, small businesses and large Fortune 500 companies use some form of wire distribution uh, to tell stories. Uh, I think uh, small businesses and new entrepreneurs may not understand that, you know, they, they may get scared away by some of the larger companies pricing because they can be quite expensive to distribute a wire over some of the larger companies. The beauty of Latinx Newswire is that uh, the, the rates are much more affordable uh, and, uh, you know, it's something that it puts it in arm's reach for small businesses who typically have not had that option to be able to distribute a press release to the media they're intending to target. Now, we may get into this a little bit later, but just basically, what, what should be the basic elements of a press release? What needs to be in there for it possibly to catch somebody's attention? Well, uh, the first is the headline. You want to make sure you have a headline that's going to be interesting. Just imagine there are a lot of press releases distributed on a daily basis, millions. Um, so you want to make sure that yours stands out while also tying back to what the release is. So uh, a succinct headline is important, catchy. Uh, there are creative ways to developing those. Um, and then a release that gets to the first paragraph really should get to the point of what is in what, what the story is about. Um, so, you know, think of like a, a two page press release that includes a, a catchy header, an intro paragraph that really gets to the point of what it is you're wanting to announce, uh, a quote, two quotes max from the founder of the organization or a partner you're working with to help bring the story to life. Um, and then, you know, simple information about what it is you want to announce. You want to get away. You, you don't want to be too text heavy, too wordy. Um, and you don't want it to be too long. Really, the, the average press release should be in one and a half pages to two pages max. Um, anything beyond that, people will lose interest. And it's actually just it's, it's not an efficient way to get your story out there. You want to catch you, you want to catch media attention with, you know, your your headline and, and the brief write up. A cool image is also super important. Having a creative that really is interesting that is what's going to catch media's attention because you want that to open an opportunity for them to call you like this is a really interesting story or a new business you launched so that's how you capture their your their attention um, and as a follow-up to that bill mentioned pitching media pitching media means in addition to distributing a release over the wire you call them and you or you email them you know with you know very short email uh, media does not like getting long, long emails. That's why it's important for the press release to be well written. And when you follow up and pitch them individually, it's a very short, you know, uh, not more than a paragraph about why you're reaching out to them. So you want to make sure that when you're communicating with any media, it's very short to the point. 
uh, and follow up. Sometimes they don't respond right away. And if you're doing your own PR, don't get discouraged. That's part of the process of pitching media. Make sure you to follow up with them. And a lot of times they'll be responsive, especially if it's a story that, you know, in their local community, a Latino-owned business story, or, you know, depending on the media or the story you're pitching. So that's part of it. And it's it's definitely a great tool to use. And I think a lot of the Tamak members, um, you know, would benefit from, from you know, doing their own PR using a wire, a wire distribution and uh, making sure that their company has that, that awareness. Okay. Well, let me ask you this, either, either Angela or, or Bill. Say I'm a small company. I don't have a lot of advertising budget. I've listened to this podcast or I've heard other people mention the advantages of a press release, but I don't know how to write one. Where, where, where can I find somebody that can write a press release? Do I go to local college? Do I get an intern? Do I hire a writer? Where do I find a, where do I find someone to help me with this? I'll take that one. Uh, JR, that's a great question for small businesses, right? Because it's like, I, I've never hired a PR firm. I can't afford a PR firm. How do I write? How, how do I even write a press release? I'm not a writer. Right. So there's a lot of, journalists freelance journalists right now particularly right now because of all the downsizing that happened in, you know big newspapers in the last 15 years because of the internet there's a lot of uh, ex journalists who are available now to that, that are offering their writing services at really affordable rates we uh, have partnerships you know partnerships with several ex journalists from the Miami Herald for example Elaine Devaya is you know comes to mind as someone who uh, works with us when we have a client that needs uh, a press release to be written or edited you know, um, so yeah, there, there's, there's, you can find freelance journalists that can write press releases for you on, on the Fiverr.com, you know, a lot of, you know, Upwork, a lot of these types of sites, but we have our own vetted uh, roster of ex-journalists who are professionals, who know how to tell a story, who know how journalists think when they get a press release. Because, you know, the beauty of being an ex-journalist is that you know what it's like to be on this side of the equation, getting press releases and then filtering that and saying, do I want to write about this? Oh, this is interesting, you know. Um, wow, interesting angle. Not, you know, they know how not to bury the lead. That's a big concept in journalism of what is the most interesting thing about this company? You should always lead with that in the headline, in the top paragraph. The most interesting thing. Don't bury it. Oftentimes in journalism school, journalism students, you know, they, they, they start writing stories and, the, you know, the more savvy, you know, uh, advisors or the, the staff editor will say, look, you buried the lead. This is actually more interesting than what you led with. Put that at the top, right? That kind of thing. So, so that's the value of hiring a pro, a former journalist, to help you write your press release. So we can help you with. That. Okay, Angela, you have thoughts on that? That that's a great point. There are definitely uh, freelancers or journalists who would really be uh, very well equipped to be able to help you write a press release. Um, there are, I know, you know, a lot of people have skills that they don't realize that they have. There are a lot of business owners that are, you know, that you see, they, they make an effort to do something. They actually do a good job of telling their own story. You really, as a business owner, are your, are your, are, are the one that's able to tell your story the best. So there are a lot of tools you could also look at online to see templates of how press releases are written, um, and write them yourself. But I, I think making sure that it's, it, it's short to the point. You, you get to the, the main point of your story in the very first paragraph. Um, and there's also something important, a component called a boilerplate, because I know you want to tell everyone about your business, 
the boilerplate is where you get into like, it's a short paragraph that talks about your business. You know, like Tamak uses boilerplates on their press releases, right? Like Tamak, what is Tamak? Tamak is, you know, it goes on and on. Sure. But, but a lot of people want to bury that in the top part where they should focus on their main news announcement that really goes at the very bottom in a boilerplate. That's where they find out more company information about your company. Um, okay. But, uh, but I, you know, writing a press release is not as scary as I think some people think it is. There are times that, um, that maybe you want to hire someone, but I think that there are probably a lot of your members who could uh, develop a release on their own and have someone proof it to make sure it makes sense. Okay. Well, and so, yeah. go ahead. Chair, yeah, I was going to tell you also, uh, one, the, one of the values of hiring a you know, professional PR person uh, or externalist is that they understand news cycles. Sometimes what may not be interesting in 2019, in 2020 takes on a whole new significance. And we saw this last year with the COVID crisis, you know, like, we had a dry cleaner who ran a press release because they were doing something for the community. They were offering free dry cleaning services um, for, you know, because of COVID, you know, they were offering free dry cleaning. So even if you're a small business who otherwise wouldn't get a, the attention of an editor during normal times in a pandemic, if you're doing something for the community, that's newsworthy. That's interesting. You know, so you could get a write up. So a, a savvy PR person will say, you know what, do something for the community and that could get you coverage. Right? And that's a fascinating topic for me, by the way, like how small businesses can get through an indirect angle, a news angle, where they can, can get, you know, can get coverage. Right. And also another angle could be you, you won an award, your company won an award, right? You won in a, a community award. Um, so look at all the different things you probably already, you know, or your members there are probably a lot of, of you that are, you know, being acknowledged in your community. And those are all newsworthy moments that you should uh, develop a release or, you know, we want to get out there and tell your story. So, um, you know, I think a, a lot of times when PR people are planning like over the, a, a month or like six months to a year ahead, they put together a calendar and they're like, okay, this, we have this award that we won. Maybe we, our business has something, uh, we can promote it for specific uh, holidays or if there's something news happening, in the news that ties to your business, uh, you know, this past year, those, uh, medical, uh, people or the, or the companies who would create uh, masks or things like that. Um, you know, there are different ways that businesses can can look for areas or times that they can help get out there in front of the in front of the media to okay. build that awareness. Explain this one to me then. Put out a press release. Obviously not all press releases are going to be picked up. Not every journalist out there is going to have a stack of press releases and go, oh, we're going to print them all. What Headline. I heard you say headline, but it also has to be newsworthy, doesn't it? Absolutely. Gerald, that's a great question. I get this question all the time when I'm talking to potential clients or people that call us to, to ask about our services. They say, can you guarantee that if I if I distribute my press release that I'm going to get written about in the New York Times or Despierta America is going to call me for an interview? And so as a wire service, no wire service, whether it's us or anybody else, can, can guarantee that if you distribute a press release, you're going to get covered in, you know, all these major media outlets. That's impossible. Nobody, that would be a lie. Nobody can guarantee that. We can guarantee that we'll get it into the inboxes of the current editors and reporters there, but we can't guarantee you coverage. So back to your question is how, how do we, how do we, how do we make it newsworthy or how do we, how do we, how do we increase the chances that we'll get coverage, right? So again, it's, it's, it's understanding what's relevant right now to journalists. What are the, you know, 
you, you kind of have to go to the media. First of all, what I recommend to clients is think about the, the five or 10 media outlets that you would love to be featured in, right? Let's say you want to be featured in the New York Times. Let's say you want to be featured in the Houston Chronicle. Let's say you want to be featured in the Dallas Morning News, right? Find the reporter at that at that outlet who tends to cover what you what you're doing, right? What, what, what like your industry, right? Re research them now on the internet. It's so easy to go back and research what a reporter tends to write about. Look at their tendencies. What do they tend to write about? What what is because most reporters look. We reporters are humans. They 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 have preferences. They have biases. They, there, there are certain things they love covering, right? So kind of get inside the head of each reporter. You know, like what is it that they love to write about? What is their focus? And then if you have something that you think would be relevant to that reporter and, and thus the audience that reads that reporter, right, uh, send them a press release with an angle toward what they cover. And then, of course, of course, send them a, an email saying, hey, I think I have something that could be of interest to your audience. And I'm doing this, this, this with my company. And I think that will be interesting to your, you know, that's one way to increase. Just understand the reporter and their thinking. You know, what do they, what do they tend to write about? Okay. Right. Let me throw this one at you. You're giving us some great advice of how to help a small business, but you guys are a small business within yourself. How do you help yourself when you are in this industry? Well, I think one of the things, when it, when it makes sense, we do send out releases for our companies. Uh, being part, uh, a member of organizations such as Tamak is also important. Networking, you know, a lot of that networking has been virtual over the past year, but it's been doable. Um, so I think there are different ways to to make sure that you you stay relevant. Um, so I, I would say that you know we and, and and making sure that you you know when you you work with your clients and you maintain those relationships, right? And and uh, you know deliver a quality product uh, at, on an ongoing basis. So a lot of the clients we've had over the years have been return clients because we've done our best to you know make sure we're providing quality service. Um, and maintaining those relationships. It takes work, but uh, I think it's one of the important parts of being a business owner is you're always, you're always out, you're, you are the best representation of your business. So, you know, what you, you hear about maintaining uh, that you're, you're doing your own personal PR is important and how you, uh, you know, position your business within the community. They say that your reputation is your one of your most important currencies. And I think that's very true as a business owner, regardless of what industry you're in. Okay. Other, uh, I'm sorry, JR, did you have another go question? No, go ahead, go ahead, Bill. Response. Yeah, there's other techniques and tactics that PR people use to increase the newsworthiness of, of, of a press release, right? One is using images, videos. Uh, you know, if, you, if your client has a good, nice, high resolution color image, Add that to the press release. That's going to because again, the, the, if you make it easy for the reporter to cover your story, you know you're, you increase your chances. I remember when I was at the Miami Herald, I was the radio columnist back in the early '90s, and there was a PR woman that reached out to me about a new radio host. She was promoting, she was pitching me to write something about that radio show, and she sent me this really creative package in the mail with like high resolution photos of her of her host, nice press release with a lot of background information. I mean, she just made it. She made it so easy for me to write about this that I, I just it was like, sure, it's really interesting. Got a nice photo that I can use for this week's column. They might be short on on topics that week. Sometimes the reporters are struggling. Like, what should I write about this week? And if you provide them with a lot of tools, that makes it great. Now, our wire 
again, I don't want to make this a commercial for Latinx Newswire, you know, <laughs> not well, a little bit, but yeah, you know, it's okay. I mean, We're here, but not go, you know, but not go over the top. But a lot of wire services they tend to charge extra if you include a photo, if you inc include a video, it's like a hundred dollars more for a photo. $100 or $150 more for a video. We're trying to become a multimedia, we're trying to be a multimedia wire by default so that every press release that we publish, uh, that we post on our website and distribute has a photo uh, that goes along with it or a video. You know, we make it very multimedia, very visually attractive. So all wires right. offer, it's just that some of them charge more for it, just to be okay. aware. Of and I think it's important. Excuse me. I think it's a, go ahead. Go ahead, Angel. Go ahead. One thing I was going to add uh, to our discussion, you mentioned earlier, we were talking about benefits of distributing news re releases over the wire. The one of the really great benefits is, especially for small businesses, is the SEO optimization of having a wire, uh, you know, your business uh, share news on the wire. And, and the reason for that is when people Google you or your company, they're going to see these releases that help tell your story. So while you may have a website and maintaining websites, we know can sometimes be challenging for small businesses. Um, but I think, you know, having that extra layer of when, when someone Googles you, they see activity with announcements you've made over a wire. So that's definitely another bonus uh, to consider when looking at a wire distribution. Right. And Bill, to your point, I do realize that anytime you have any type of artwork or or photographs that it increases readership. I mean, when something's laid out with a graphic in there, but as you're talking about high resolution, high resolution photos, if they send in, just make sure you own the rights to those photos. Oh yeah. Cause yeah. I can get you in trouble. We had an issue with that with Tamak, you know, Oh my God, where we, we, uh, we ran a press release, you know, uh, I forgot who it was that was featured in an image. Oh yeah. It was an Estrella TV, uh, press release that had an image of, of John, who was the one that ran uh, Hillary's running mate, Tim Kaine. And they used some some client that we had at the time, used uh, a photo of Tim Kaine, and then that got distributed through our wire. And then there was this law firm that reached out to a bunch of our partner sites and they were like, hey, you know, this image was from the AP, you know, you can't use that image. So, and then they were, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Well, since you brought it, since you brought it up, I mean, actually, uh, for our listeners out there, that's the way Bill and I got to know each other. It was over a potential lawsuit for using an image, but it wasn't your fault. It wasn't my fault. It was just a a, a mess, and it's a litigious society. And this firm was looking to do a little squeezing. So, uh, yes, definitely, if you're out there and you do uh, use a, the wire service, which we use it at Tamak all the time, I highly recommend it. But at the same time, make sure your images that you own the rights to it because it can come back and bite you. Right, right, right. That also applies to videos with music. Make sure that you, uh, you know, a, a lot of times uh, those uh, people want to use their favorite songs and videos, but you have to be really careful when you're distributing those over public domains, such as Wire, or if you're using uh, that video on any social media platform because they will not like Facebook will just pull it. It will not even, they, or they'll, they will mute it sometimes. So you will not get the effect that you had, in, had, had initially wanted. Yeah. Don't get me started about Facebook and some of the things that they do. Okay. Bill, let me ask this or either one of you. Okay. So I'm a small business. I see the advantage of, um, using a wire service, but I'm just a small business. I just service a, a small, a geographical area or one Metro would it be worth my time to use a wire service? Because if you send them all over the country, I mean, wouldn't wouldn't I just be wasting money? 
Yes. <laughs> so, so we offer geo-targeting, you know, geographical targeting. So if you're only targeting the media in your community, we can, you know, just narrow it down to reporters, influencers, editors, TV producers in your city or your tri-county, what they call designated market area. Like South Florida, it's Miami-Dade, Broward, and West Palm Beach. It's, it's considered the tri-county, uh, like uh, the South Florida area, right? Okay. So, yeah, so we charge less if it's only going to a local that's what I was about to ask. So if it's just a local, so you can go local, you can go statewide or or multiple marketplaces within your state or across the country, or go go national. Right. Correct. One of the phenomenons about the internet uh, is that a lot of businesses that were local that saw themselves as local before, thanks to the internet, became global. You know, because your website can can be found globally, right? By anybody in Paris or, you know, so, so oftentimes you can adapt your services for a global marketplace, you know, so just something to think, just, just to expand your thinking about what the nature of your services, right? You may think you're local, but you can actually offer it now on, on a mass scale. So you, you really do. I mean, just for the, uh, the young life of this Latino business report, this podcast, we have somebody in France, as I look at the analytics, it is constantly listening to our show. And I'm going, I don't know if there's a Latino in France over there or whose radar screen we're on, but it, it's out there. And you're right. It's a global market. So it's kind of like if you're a small business, I mean, I'd recommend. You guys are the experts. Know your market. Don't overextend because you'd be wasting money. Focus in on that market. And as your company or business grows, I mean, if it gets out there and starts going statewide, national, or even global, I mean, utilize the service. Grow with it. Exactly. So both of your experience, you've been in the public relations business, you've been a writer, you've been these things. What gave you the idea or how did you start this company or why did you start this company? Well, Angela's husband, Manny, and he's a dear friend of mine, uh, in the early 90s, he and I were both working at the Miami Herald. And at the time, the, this is right before the internet you know, exploded, right? Uh, it was hard to get a full-time job at the Miami Herald when you were a college intern like we were. So he went off in the mid-90s, in 94, I think, I went to work in radio, and he went to work at Ketchum Public Relations, I believe. And this, and then he was there in the late 90s at Ketchum Public Relations in South Florida in Coral Gables. And he was working with a lot of dot-com. It was during the late 90s dot-com boom. So I love when Manny tells the story because it's so interesting. He, uh, he, he, he kind of caught the bug, the entrepreneurial bug, because he was helping entrepreneurs who were raising all kinds of capital. You know, it was like that, that, that dot-com bubble that you remember right. well in the late 90s. So he was, and I, I love when Manny like, told me the story. He's like, I was doing all these, I was helping all these entrepreneurs. And I'm like, man, these guys got $5 million for this idea. I, I could do something better than that and, and raise money probably, you know. So he actually, he was distributing press releases through PR Newswire at the time. But he realized that his own list of Hispanic journalists was, you know, more robust than what PR Newswire had. So that's where he got the idea of like, what if I launch a Hispanic press release distribution service? And he did it out of his bedroom in, in the year 2000. So it's, okay. it's a wonderful story of just like, you know, bootstrapping entrepreneurial stuff, you know, just like, like out of his bedroom. And it just, and then he partnered with the business wire in that same year. And it just kind of took off from there. Cause the, you know, he saw the need, he saw that he had something more and more robust at a niche level and what the big wires were offering. And that, that was the genesis of how at least, you know, then he called me three years later when he was building 
newspapers for Hispanic, uh, building websites for Hispanic newspapers, sorry. And so I helped them run that. And, and so we just expanded from there. I can go so on and that story. So, so as people are experiencing lockdown, uh, with with COVID, it's a short commute to the kitchen table. So Manny was just even a shorter commute. He did it in his bedroom. So he didn't he didn't even have to get out of bed to go to work? Yeah, it's an incredible story. I mean, <laughs> okay. And then we sold that company to. Uh, we were doing such a good job of competing on the Hispanic front with uh, the big wires like PR Newswire that they it was easier for them to buy us out than to keep trying to compete with us. On, on the Hispanic front, so we're now competing with the, you know, the, with the entity that we sold to them in 2008. So, it's a. <laughs> who, who did you sell it to? We sold the PR Newswire, to and who? they were, and they were, and, and their parent company was a British company called UBM. So, United Business Media, which owned PR Newswire, and to down to like to this day, that's our one of our competitors. <laughs> And we sold it for 5.5 million in, in 2008. So, right was, before it, everything went downhill. <laughs> exactly, right before the uh, the recession hit. Yep. Well, so. well, let me ask you this: You have a sounds like you have a pretty good business model. It looks like you had a little seed money going into it. How's the company doing, and where are you going to go from here? We're, we're expanding the company right now. Uh, you know, Manny's got a renewed focus because he had launched other companies. Uh, with Angela, like um, Hispanicized the event and the ambition there was to make it like the South by Southwest, which you know well because you're in Texas, the South by for the Hispanic market, Hispanicized, and they were very successful with that event. And then originally we were called Hispanicized Wire. We were like a division of Hispanicized the event. And then they had an influencer network, Angela, that you can we speak did. to called DMA Media. Um, and uh, so Manny was kind of focused on the event side of the, of the business. And, but now he's got a renewed focus with Brilla Media, which, and so now the Latinx is where it takes on a whole new importance as, as, you know, as a partner of Brilla Media, right? So, uh, so we're expand we're, we're in like expansion mode right now, adding more new guaranteed placements, which I didn't touch upon earlier. I should, I should have mentioned uh, when you were asking about guaranteed pickup, I should talk a little bit about guaranteed placement at some point later in this, in this interview. But uh, yeah, we're just trying to expand. Our, you know, we just did a partnership right now with uh, News Direct, which is two of the former uh, directors of Business Wire launched a new wire, a general market wire called News Direct. So we just partnered with them to tap into their guarantee placements because they they've got over 120 general market placements that a lot of Latinos also uh, visit, like Yahoo Finance and CBS Market Watch. So because there's a lot of acculturated Latinos like you and I. And Angela, so yeah. you know, like third generation Hispanics who are comfortable in you know in, in, in English, Spanish, and oh, acculturated. I thought you said cultured. Well, I'm not very cultured, but we'll get <laughs> acculturated. Ah, Angela, and I, I have to bring this up, and I, I really appreciate you bringing up Tamak several times when you're talking. But uh, you actually grew up at when you were little. Your dad used to take you to Tamak conventions, correct? I did. My my dad was one of the founding members uh, in the 70s, Manuel Sustaita in the 70s. And uh, he passed away last year. So, um, but he, I don't want to get emotional here, but he, I remember going to, to a lot of, you know, uh, the meetings with him. He's very involved in the community, um, loved the Latino community and was trying to, along with a lot of the other, the founding members, 
they would travel. I remember they would go to Washington D.C. There was there the picture um, on your website of the, the the gentleman sitting around the table. My dad is in that picture. But the, all those those gentlemen had a shared mission of uh, you know making sure that Latinos uh, had opportunities to also be successful entrepreneurs. And so uh, I, I do remember growing up with Tamak. I remember the plaques. I actually have some of those plaques still of my dad's like awards he was given. Um, but uh, they had actually one of their national or one of their state conventions was in Waco, which was our hometown. Um, but uh, I, I love that. And I, I know that my dad, by being exposed to that entrepreneurial spirit and seeing all, you know, all the, the amazing people that that were around that that instilled that bug in me. So I think, you know, for your, you know, it, it, uh, kids really absorb more than we realize. So um, I'm grateful for for that. And uh, so, yeah, I do. I have fond memories of Tamat just because it was from the 70s. I remember from from being very young and I know what they're I, I believe in the mission that they have. And I'm just happy to see it continue to grow. Well, thank you. And I'm excited. To, well, I, too, am excited to be a part of it. But I'm equally as excited to meet somebody like you who was there in the very beginning as, as a little girl uh, going to some of the stuff. And we'll we'll talk later offline because at the Tamak office, we have an entire um, our archive. We have every the every convention uh, program and brochure of every convention we've had. So we'll go through this. Maybe we can find some more folk pictures of your dad. I have some. I know that they someone from your team had reached out to my sister Melissa Sustaitakosta. She lives in Austin, but they were looking for additional photos and mementos. So we have some items that we found. So my next trip to Austin, we can meet at Valentina's. Uh, for <laughs> Valentina's barbecue. Okay. What I have, I, I, I'm I'm very curious. I, I can't. I've all, I go to Austin regularly, but that's one barbecue place I have not made it to. So next is week. that is that the way you're going to be memorabilia for barbecue? I mean, is that, really? right? <laughs> is that the way you're going to be? Okay, okay, I get it, I get it. No, but seriously, I'd love to get some of that, some of those items that you have, and whether on loan or you want to share them because we definitely uh, display them at some of our stuff. And Tamak, uh, we've gone through a few changes, and uh, we're very proud to be partners with uh, with you guys with with Latinx Newswire. And uh, now that COVID is starting to lift up a little bit, and because we haven't had we haven't had an in person event in over a year, right? So I mean, we could send out a press release to say what I mean. We're 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 just now getting back into it. Things are happening, so we we look forward to uh, to moving forward. Tamak hasn't had any in person activities in over a year, so we're excited that things are starting to to lift a little bit, and we can hopefully start doing some some things in person here pretty soon. We did have, while we were um, in lockdown, uh, Tamak was uh, fortunate enough to secure Dr. Anthony Fauci for a webinar. We had over a 1,000 people on that call, and our president and CEO, Pauline Antone, actually pulled that off. How she got Dr. Fauci, I don't know, but she does a wonderful job, and we're looking forward to getting back into the swing of things. But once again, your um, service, how do people contact you? Where can they find you? Well, first, they can visit our website, uh, latinxnewswire.com, latinxnewswire.com. And you'll see you know, our general number on there, uh, which I should know it by memory, but I don't. <laughs> so, yeah, just go, go to the site, and you'll see our number there in the Contact Us form. Okay. Now, uh, Bill, we were talking earlier before we started recording. Is there a possibility where Tamak and, and uh, Latinx 
Newswire can team up and we can start doing some of these helpful hints of what makes a good press release, how to do things, a kind of a how-to section that we can have on our website that would be beneficial to our members or beneficial to anybody in business out there. Yes, I would love to do more uh, video, like a video series on YouTube, uh, promote, you know, just sharing tips on how to write a press release, what what type of photo to include with your press release, because there's a lot of tactics and strategies there too, right? Like uh, if you're, if you're if, since we're in the Hispanic market, we have very strong family values. I heard one expert at, at a conference one, say, one day say, make sure that if you're targeting Latinos, put a, a, a photo of, uh, of a group, not just an individual person, because we subconsciously we have strong community, you know, uh, group values, family values, family you, group. Know, you know, so, so put a group in the photo, not, not just a single person, things like that, you know, okay. um, so many tips, there's so many tips that we can share and help people write a better press release, a more uh, news, you know, just, you know, just how to play up the newsworthy angles of a press release um, and save you money. You know, I, I, I'm, my philosophy with sales is just, just I, I like the consultative sales approach where I just, I'm going to lay out all the options for you, whether it's, whether you use our service or another service. I've actually been on sales calls where I've said, look, I think you're, I think you should go with another wire service because that's actually better suited for your budget and for what you're trying to achieve. You know, we, we can't, you know, we don't have that specialty or what, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I don't want to sell someone something that is not going to be good sure. for them. You know, I want repeat business. I want them to come back and say, man, I loved, what, you know, we ran that press release. We got coverage here. I want to keep working with you guys, you know, because at the end of the day, not the, the whole churn and burn approach. You know, you, you sell them one time and they never come back. No, I'd rather build a long-term relationship with clients. Get that repeat, repeat client, repeat That's customer. Right. Right. Let me ask you this. Uh, this is a question for each of you. Bill, let me start off with you, if you don't mind. You obviously have a passion for this. I mean, you obviously have passion. I hear it in your voice every time we talk. I, I just love your level of enthusiasm, excitement. What drives you? Why? Why the passion? Because I love people and I love being an entrepreneur. It changed my life ever since I read Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad book in 2002. And Manny asked me to join him to launch Hispanic Digital Network in 2003. That It just changed my life. It changed my life. So everything Kiyosaki wrote in that book, I lived it in, in the flesh. So I And I want other Latinos to, to experience that as well. To launch a company from scratch, grow it, sell it to a big company, you know, go work for that big company, leave and then launch another company. And just once you once you've had your own business, and I, I'm sure your Damak members understand this, once you've been your own boss, and you've had your own business, it's hard to go back and work as an employee on a W2 for someone else again. So it, part of it is coming from that that entrepreneurial passion that 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 experience of being an entrepreneur, and just what a high it is. It's a high. It really is, you know, um, it, it, especially if you do it in a good, you know, with a good team, right? Like, that you love and that you respect and appreciate so it's i think that's what's driving me just the the, the fun of being an entrepreneur and on latino empowerment you know just being a hispanic that has lived the american dream and sharing that with other latinos so that they can experience the same thing now you said earlier and just to remind our listeners that i missed it you sold y'all sold your last company for five mil in 2008, we sold uh, Hispanic PR Wire, Hispanic Digital Network, and Latin Clips, three of five companies that we had at the time. Uh, and then Manny and Angela launched, you know, a few years after that, Hispanicized the event. And these, and these are companies that you started from scratch. Yeah, Manny started uh, uh, Hispanic PR Wire. 
uh, he started uh, Hispanic PR Wire, and that's the one that was sold to United Business Media in 2008 for 5.5 million. Um, after that, I met him like toward the end of that journey, um, and then we, uh, I actually had been working at, in public relations at Edelman in New York, which is a global public relations firm. Um, we met, got married in Austin, um, and then we launched uh, Hispanicize. You know, he had spent a lot of time in Austin while we were dating, and he uh, saw South by Southwest or South by uh, up close and personal. That's where he got the idea for Hispanicize and wanted to Hispanicize the concept of what they were doing at South by. Um, so we had that company for 10 years. Uh, we created as part of that a, an influencer network. It was the largest Latino influencer network in the country. Um, we make some acquisitions along the way. And then a couple of years ago, we sold that to a company that's owned by John Legazamo. Um, so now we're on to our, our next uh, adventure, which is Bria Media, B-R-I-L-L-A media.com, which Bria means shine. And that's really a focus for what we are looking to do is shine a light on the positive uh, aspects of the Latino community. And our, our goal is to work on projects and with clients who sh have that shared passion of helping to uh, elevate our community. Um, and like one of the things we did last year was Artissimo Live um, during the, the height of the pandemic. We uh, created a, an event within like 21 days to help farm workers because, you know, everyone, you know, there was a lot happening in that time, but we didn't see any focus on the on the people who were keeping us fed. Many of them are Latinos, not all of them, but there's a lot of Bahamian farm workers. But we created this event to raise awareness and funds to support farm workers who were the most at risk during the pandemic. Um, but we want to infuse that goodwill into uh, some of the other um, efforts that we have uh, coming up this year. So that's something that, you know, being a Latino entrepreneur, once you get that bug, it's hard to kind of go backwards. So we just want to be able to use our, our companies to do good for our community. Well, it sounds like you've uh, have been relatively successful so far. I mean, five mil is nothing to scoff at. So, I mean, Angela, that settles it. When you come to Austin, you're buying the barbecue, okay? The bill goes to you. But I, I, you think I'm kidding? I got... <laughs> I got the same question for you. Uh, the passion, where does it come from? Why? I think, again, it's like, you know, I, I've, I've worked in, in the corporate world and it, it was great for me to start there. You learn, I learned a lot of things along the way and I became an entrepreneur. Didn't, I hadn't planned on it really. Um, but it happened when we started Hispanic as I made that transition from, you know, being in the corporate environment to owning your own company. It was challenging. I think that's one thing that I like reminding my my friends who want to be an entrepreneur is don't think it's a walk in the park all the time. It looks like fun and stuff, but there are a lot of challenges and there are days you doubt yourself as an entrepreneur. Am I doing the right thing? But that really I've learned is part of the journey. You just pick up and you keep going. Um, so I think, but I think what, what other, th other than I love working on projects that help to improve the community and the access that we have to, to, to things. But um, uh, I think, you know, that's really uh, once you're once you're an entrepreneur, I think that you can't go back. It's very hard. Um, so that's what and drives me. That's what drives you. What are your next steps, Angela? Where to? Um, continuing to grow our next venture, Bria. I'm really excited about what we're doing with Bria because we have so many learnings and 
things that worked didn't work from our last ventures. A lot of great clients that we continue to work with. So I'm excited for what's to come. You know, the space continues to evolve, especially as it relates to influencers, which we touched on earlier, uh, and digital marketing, experiential marketing. So there's a lot of really cool things that we have coming uh, with Bria Media, and I'm excited to see what comes from that. Search your soul here a little bit and answer this question. And I'm, don't give me the answer I hope I'm going to hear, but just be honest with me. Un, you become an entrepreneur, influencer, you're doing these things. Going to those Tamak conventions as a little girl with your dad, did that have any influence on what you're doing today? I, I do think it, I, I think so a lot because my dad, not, not only was he involved with Tamak, he was, uh, you know, supportive of other Latino businesses. He worked for Metropolitan Life. Uh, it was his job for years. So he helped as a as an insurance and financial professional helped his local businesses in Waco, Texas, you know, set them up to make sure they had life insurance and they were covered to make sure that they were able to maintain, uh, you know, that financial uh, level of security that their, you know, uh, survivors or, you know, as small business owners, that they were prepared for any kind of challenges that would come along. So I grew up going to those meetings with him too. Like I, he was always very social and, and I know he enjoyed that. So I, I see a lot of that in me. And so, yes, I would say that being around uh, my father and learning from him directly on what it was meant for him to be an entrepreneur. He was a proud Vietnam veteran and, you know, he had his struggles along the way, but he, he, he always reminded me you know, to get up and keep going regardless. And I think that's something super important for entrepreneurs to understand, um, you know, to make sure that you just keep going. So a long answer, yes. <laughs> okay. I know that you um, said you lost him about a year ago. Don't want to put you on the spot here, but what do you think your dad would say today about not only Tamak and yourself and the whole entrepreneurial spirit that's happening within the Latino community? I think he's, he's, he was, I know he'd be proud. He always reminded me and my sister how proud he was of us. Um, and I don't mind crying. It's part of the process. It still is like less, it'll be a year at the end of May. We're but, Latinos. Uh, it's okay. Cry. But I, I know he's proud. Uh, he, he would come to Hispanicize events in Miami. He and my sister would come and that was always wonderful to have them here. Um, so I know he's proud and, you know, he, he continued to always support whatever ideas, whatever crazy ideas we had. Um, he was always very supportive, you know, and I think that's important, you know, and, and, all, and your members, your parents know that, too. So um, I, I know that he's proud. He, he did tell us that you know, many times. So I have no doubt that he'd be proud of talking with you now. Um, and uh, I, I know he'll always be there and kind of guiding, even though he's not here with us here. He's he's always my, my lighthouse is how I'd put it. Well, all I know is that myself and a lot of others are standing on his shoulders. He was one of the founders of a, the organization, started in 1975, and uh, we're still here. We're yes. still here. Very happy you are. And I know you guys have, you know, a whole new generation that, uh, you know, they're becoming Tamak members. And I love, you know, seeing Latinos in my home state succeed. And that's something my dad also had instilled, you know, that we support each other. Well, since you're over there with Florida, with all those Latinos over there, try to teach okay. them to be more like us over here. I know, right? No, this is the Floridians comment. Always, a lot of times they'll say, oh, Texans are so nice. They're so welcoming. I'm like, yes, they are. But don't mess with us, right? Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> or get in way of our barbecue tacos. I mean, 
Uh, before we go, is there anything, uh, Bill, you got anything to add or Angela, anything you want to tell listeners out there? Well, you know, we as, as Latinos collectively, the Latinos in the United States have uh, 1.5 trillion in buying power. That's going to continue to increase, but we need to, you know, make sure that we're, you know, arming our Latino business owners to continue to grow at the same pace as non-Latino businesses, right? So I think that's something that uh, collectively we should we should look to do uh, to make sure that you know this entrepreneurial bug that a lot of us have um, that we can help uh, educate others and empower them with the tools they need like in newswire services or whatever whatever tools they can use to help them grow their their business and achieve their goals and I would just say just remember the importance of content uh, and telling your story this idea of, and I, I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk and I just love his concept of, you know, we're all, our job is to tell our story, tell your story, the story of your business, the story of your family, the story of your, your ambitions, you know, just, just tell your story on your website, through press releases, whatever, you know, whatever content or through a podcast like you're doing right now, JR. So I commend you for this podcast. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank so, you. Latino business report. Love it. I'm excited about the the 2020 census results, which will validate and ratify just the growth of the, the Hispanic demographic in the United States and, and and our our buying power, our influence, and so and so. I think as Latino businesses, we can all take advantage of that, you know, in many ways. So, um, so let's do that. Let's 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 tell our story, and, 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 shine, you know. and that's what we do not do enough of telling our own story. We let other people write it. And as Latinos, we need to be writing our own story and documenting it because it's a rich story. I mean, it is a rich story of a lot of success and trials and tribulations. But you know what? We're part of it. We're here. We made it happen. So with that, you've been listening to the Latino Business Report. Uh, guys, if you're out there, you have a comment, follow us. You can actually uh, go to uh, Google or Alexa and say, Hey, Google, play the Latino Business Report, and uh, you'll hear it. We also have a new website that's going about to be launched, and you can go to latinobusinessreport.com. I encourage you to follow us, make your comments. We'd love to hear from you. Or if you have an idea about an episode, let us know. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. <music>